Well, good morning, Timber Creek Church. How's everybody this morning? Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you look good today. <laughs> I look better. Uh, I'm just kidding. I didn't mean me personally. Hey, I'm so glad you guys are here. What a privilege. Thank you, Pastor Jeremy, for letting me share today. Uh, I'm excited about speaking to you concerning 21 days of prayer. We're going to launch into what could be the most impactful season of your life. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to move into 21 days of prayer. Cool. Yeah. All right. Cool. No notes today. Perfect. I can preach whatever I want to. <laughs> I'm good. So we're going to launch into 21 days of prayer, and uh, I'm excited. These two seasons, we do this a couple times a year, and I'm excited about it because it, it, the anticipation of these two seasons, God does incredible things. Listen to me. <laughs> Ta-da! Come on, give it up for Chris. Dang, man. Was it me? I did something wrong. Okay. You don't want to point fingers. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's start all over again. Uh, 21 days of prayer is going to be awesome. I'm excited about the season that we're going into. I always look forward to it uh, because I know that God's going to meet me. I know that when we set aside time to pray, it's amazing. Listen, I, I don't, do we have any people that you do gardening? Any gardeners? Anybody's garden still alive right now? <laughs> Show me how to do that. Mine's torched. But um, you, know the, you know what it's like to purposefully plant a seed and water it. When it begins to push up out of the ground, it begins to produce fruit. It's a miraculous thing. And this is what prayer is. 21 days of prayer is us planting seeds. It's, it's spending time taking God at his Word. It's setting aside time to say for the next 21 days, do what you want to do in me. I'm excited about it. I'm going to speak about it today. You've got your notes with you. You guys ready to go? Nacogdoches, you guys ready to go? I can hear you over there killing it, man. It's going to, it's going to be good this morning. Die ball, Duncan. Excited for you guys to be joining us today. Everybody online, make sure that you're clicking in there and sharing this with somebody. 21 days of prayer. I thought it'd be appropriate for all of us to start by praying a familiar prayer together. Can we do that? You guys with me? Everybody on this side of the room is with me. Y'all a bunch of rebels over here. All right. Peer pressure. Let's, let's pray this Lord's Prayer together. Come on, let's go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Typically, I wake up in the morning. Before my feet hit the floor, I pray the Lord's Prayer. I started that practice uh, quite some time ago, and it's just, it just clicks in my mind. The moment I get up, 
sit on the side of my bed and I pray the Lord's prayer. Uh, we're going to give you some handlebars for the next 21 days. I can't say that there's tons of magic behind this, but there is, it is biblical. Like, we can take God at his promises, and we're going to combine the natural with the supernatural, and we're going to see God move in the next 21 days. The disciples, following Jesus, observing his habits, observing his rhythms in life, I can imagine it was at this point where the disciples had just seen Jesus step away to pray for a little bit, which he was accustomed to doing. And he would come back, and following his time in prayer, it's like they just observed, like something supernatural happens after you pray. And he was like, we just can't take it anymore. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. They didn't say, Jesus, teach us to be better husbands, although God wants us to be better husbands. Teach us to be better employees or run our business better or teach us, Jesus, how to invest our money better. Those are all good things, right? God's concerned about those things. But they said, teach us to pray. I can't know myself without prayer. I can't really know myself without prayer. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters. It's amazing in that, uh, in that scripture that we read nothing about us being called sheep. But I know that I'm a sheep because the Lord is my shepherd. And so the more time I spend with him, the more he tells me about myself and reveals who I am, right? So I can't know uh, more about myself unless I'm in prayer. I can't change myself without prayer. You cannot, sir, grip hard enough, hold on hard enough, bite your bottom lip long enough to, to engage change in your life. You may be able to change habit for a season. Stop doing this and start doing this for a season. But without the power of prayer in your life and the power of God, you'll go right back to old ways. I'm telling you, there's power in prayer. I can't know God without prayer. I can't access his strength without praying. We need to pray. And so they didn't say, like, teach us how to do these things because they knew if I, got, if I understand prayer and I get engaged in prayer and I have conversation with God, then Matthew 6.33 is true. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So if I just get him, then I get all that he is and all that he has. Amen? So they pray. So what is 21 days of prayer? Maybe this is your first time with us at Timber Creek Church. We welcome you. We're super glad that you're here. Come on, guys, celebrate our guests today. They're in Nacogdoches. We celebrate you guys online. Maybe you're plugging in for the first time. Welcome. Uh, listen, we want to help you take a next step. Fill out that Connect card in the seat back pocket in front of you. Let us know that you came by today. Uh, we'd love to meet you out in the lobby following service. But maybe this is your first time, and you're like, what is 21 days of prayer? I don't know what this is. What is it like? Uh, let's talk about that for a, for a few moments. 21 days of prayer. It's corporate. It's corporate. We're going to do this thing together. One of our values at Timber Creek Church is we won't do life alone. I really believe for us to live out the biblical mandates, to, to live the way that God's designed us to live, it's impossible for you to do it by yourself. There are no lone rangers in Christianity. 
Like we're designed to do life together. We won't do life alone. We're not gonna pray alone. We're gonna engage in corporate prayer. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and what? And pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. When we were praying the Lord's Prayer a few moments ago, did you guys notice anything? Did you notice that it, was, it wasn't them individually? He was like, teach us how to pray. And he said, uh, it was us together. It was us doing this together. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Doing this thing together, corporate prayer is important. It's also calculated. It's also calculated. Like we're not gonna pray just for three days. We're not gonna pray for seven days. Uh, just throw out a number, you know. We're gonna pray for 21 days. And we're gonna set a plan in place. How many of you guys have put a plan in place to accomplish something and the plan just falls apart? <laughs> like what if you set out to do something and you don't have a plan in front of you? You decided on Monday morning, I'm going to the gym. How many of you guys ever done that? <laughs> That's it, I've had it. I'm going to the gym. But you don't have a plan. I'm just gonna get up in the morning and be motivated to go. No, you gotta put a plan in place. You've gotta know what you're doing and where you're going, and, and so it's calculated, and we're, so we're gonna give you some tools to use for the next 21 days. We're gonna invite you to uh, go to the website, go to Timber Creek app, use the QR code, uh, download First, uh, First Sunday Prayer, version, First 15 app. We're gonna give you some tools and some handlebars so that you feel equipped to pray. Some of you have never really engaged in prayer before. And I'm excited for what God wants to do in your life when you decide for the next 21 days, I'm gonna seek God. We're gonna have closer nights. Three Wednesdays, starting this Wednesday night, we're gonna meet for prayer and for worship. I encourage you, if you've never been to a closer night, you've gotta make it. You've gotta make it a priority. It's absolutely incredible. It's a, it's, it, is, it is the spark plug that really gets us launched into what God wants to do in this season. Come and be a part of Closer Nights, August 4th, 11th, and 18th. So it's calculated. We've thought it through. We've got a plan in place. We're going to give you those tools, those handlebars, so that you're ready to go for the next 21 days. But it's also conducive. It's a conduit. When we begin to pray, it opens up the floodgates of heaven. It changes the atmosphere. When you begin to pray about things, God begins to work in that situation. It's conducive. It's amazing. This morning at 8.30, we were here for first Sunday prayer, and we just set aside a time to pray and worship together, and the atmosphere just changes. I'm not talking about all the, you know, just all of a sudden positive energy. Just, I'm telling God shows up when we begin to call on his name. And so it's conducive. All believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to what? And to prayer. Devoted themselves to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. I love the definition of conducive. Like making a certain situation or outcome likely or possible. You have a situation that you need God to move in? 
You got a circumstance that you need God to just begin to shift things in your direction? Prayer will do that. Prayer begins to give us the, uh, the atmosphere that's conducive to God doing amazing things. Number four, it's critical. It's critical. Prayer is paramount at Timber Creek Church. We have some big, big dreams, like audacious dreams. We want to create community destinations where anyone can find and follow Jesus throughout the timber country of East Texas. We want to see your God-given potential realized. We've got big dreams. We've got God-sized dreams, and we need God to show up and do what only he can do. Amen? And you've got dreams, and you've got visions, and you've been spending time with God, and you need to get alone with God and say, if you don't show up, it ain't happening. If you don't do what only God can do, it's not going to happen. And you know what? When we begin to challenge God in that way, and I, yes, I mean test God, challenge God. If it's his will, it's his bill, everybody. He's going to make it happen. I don't know. Maybe you ought to write that down. If it's his will, it's his bill. Like, we can trust him. It's critical. Prayer is that 90% mass. It's, it's all of the, the undergirth. It's the underneath. It's what holds us up. And what you see on a Sunday morning and, and some of these things is just the tip of the iceberg. We've got to make prayer absolutely critical. When prayer isn't critical in our life, and some of us, prayer doesn't even exist and I would dare to say the absence of prayer in our life is an indicator of pride in our life. We say, well, that's kind of that's harsh. <laughs> Think about it. When we don't pray, then I'm saying, God, I got this. I got this. I'm good. Remember when your kids were little? And you were helping them along the way, and then all of a sudden, it's like something shifted and they turn into this, I got it, I can do, I do, <laughs> no, I do. And yet we do the same thing, don't we? Like we say, God, I got this, I can do this. And sometimes God in his grace and mercy, he will allow you to do that. I got this, God. But really the absence of prayer in our life is the, is the presence of pride. And you know what God does, listen to me, you know what God does with pride? It's like he stiff arms you. Pride stiff arms the, the, the move of God in your life. But when we humble ourselves and we pray, it's like it opens up God's favor in our life. And so we gotta pray. The absence of prayer in my life, it's an indicator of pride. God forgive us of our pride. We need you. Listen to what Matthew 18, 19 says. When two of you get together on anything, all on earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. And when two or three of you are together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be there. Guys, we can't do this without him. You can't do this without him. Ma'am, you can't do this without him. Sir, you can't do this without him. We need to pray. We need to seek God and pray. So what is our goal for 21 days of prayer? 
What's at the end of the day? What is it that we're wanting? What is it that we're seeking? I want all that I want, and I want to get all that I need. <laughs> right? Like, that's what prayer, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rub the, the genie bottle, and God's going to grant me my three wishes. How many of you guys know that that's not true? Nacogdoches, you know that that's not true. Like, that's not the way it is. And, and really, we, even if we begin praying like that, God in his love and mercy shift us. And he shifts our requests from everything that I want and everything I need to simply this, God, get all of me. God, just get all of me. In the next 21 days, if I could just pray the prayer of John the Baptist, less of me, Lord, and more of you. Like less of me and more of you. If I believe that his will is good for me and I believe that his plan is good for me, then God, make space in me, have your way with me. Amen? So that's gonna be kind of our goal. We're gonna, we're gonna say, God, get all of me during this 21 days of prayer. And you may come to a place where you, you need to ask these questions. What do I need to stop doing? What is it in my life that I need to stop doing? And for many of us, it's super obvious because God's been working on us over and over and over again. What is it that I need to stop doing? What do I need to start doing? I believe that we are educated way beyond our obedience. I believe that God has given us more instruction than we ever could need. We don't need another revelation from God. You don't need to seek another word from God. You just need to do what God's instructed you to do before. Are you with me this morning? Like if we would just go back and do whatever God's instructed me to do and then begin to walk in obedience, We'll see the blessings of God in our life. And, and sometimes I need courage to do that. I just lack the courage to do it. I know what God has spoken for me to do. He's, I know what he's instructed me to do, but I just need the courage to do it. We were at um, SFA pool the other day, and this family was there, and they had their young daughter with them. She was probably, uh, I don't know, four, five, six years old, and, and uh, they had her uh, out on the end of the diving board getting ready to jump in, and she was scared to death. You guys remember that? And she was just like, she, you know, she'd make it, she'd make it out to the, the front, and, 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 and her mom would say, go ahead, baby, it's fine, jump in, we'll catch you. And, and so she'd get ready, and then she'd look over at her mom, and she'd say, are you sure? Are you going to catch me? I said, yes, honey, it's going to be fine. All of us, we'll jump in and catch you, but you're going to be good. And so she would step back, and she'd come up, and she would kind of, you know, and, and we're all like, it's going to happen, you're going to do it. And, and then she would say, mom, are you sure? Are you sure you're going to catch me? And we started saying, just be courageous. Just be full of courage. Just one big step of courage. Step out there, and it's going to be fun, right? And she dove off and slammed right into her face in the water, and it was terrible. I'm kidding. That's terrible. No, she jumped off. She had that step of courage, and she jumped off into the water, and she swam to her mom, and we all cheered. Listen, sometimes it just takes us taking a small step of courage and say, God, I'm going to believe you for what your word says, and I'm going to trust you. Thank you. Over in this section, <laughs> where do I need more forgiveness? I love the prayer that David prayed in the Old Testament, search me and know me, God. Is there any wicked way within me? Reveal it to me. 
And so we spend time in prayer and we say, God, if there's an area in my life where I need more forgiveness, help me. Who do I need to extend grace to? Anybody else? Like, there are people in my life I, I have not been graceful towards. Well, aren't you a pastor? Yeah. <laughs> that probably makes it double bad. <laughs> but, like, I need to extend grace to people. And I can extend grace to people when Jesus reveals to me how much grace he's extended to me. Man, it's so much easier to forgive when I understand how much I've been forgiven. And that happens in prayer, and God reveals those things to us. So who do I need to extend grace to? Your prayer simply is this, do what you want to do in me. You guys with me so far? Everybody good? So what can I expect? What can I expect in the next 21 days of prayer? I can expect predictable resistance. Predictable resistance. Why is it predictable? Because the enemy is predictable. Like, this is the o- one of the only qualities that he has in common with God the Father. The, the enemy is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Like, he doesn't change. His tactics are the same. They are predictable. He's incredibly predictable, and we are incredibly gullible, everybody. We just are, right? Like, we're just gullible. We'll fall for the same thing over and over and over again. And I just want to tell you, when you begin to step in and believe God, for, for some things in your life, you can expect predictable resistance. You can expect to be, uh, to experience some distractions. Like right now, some of you, you you're thinking the grocery list, you're thinking school coming up, you're thinking, like distractions. Isn't it amazing how productive we get the moment we decide that I'm gonna start praying? It's like all of a sudden, like I, I've got the energy to do all the things that I haven't done yet. Like procrastination just goes out the window. Like I sit down to pray, and my kids who have been sleeping till 10 o'clock during the summertime are up at 6 a.m. wanting Pop-Tarts. You know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden, these distractions come at me. My, my phone is ringing off the hook, and emails are popping up. We just get distracted And so we can expect to be distracted, but if the enemy can't distract us, he's going to try to discourage us. Discouragement. Have you ever stepped out in faith and and trusted God to do something? Like, we're going to start going to church. That hasn't been a habit for us, and we're just going to start going. And I mean, it's like we fight every Sunday morning. The tires on the car go flat, right? Like this, just discouragement happens. Because if the enemy can't distract you, he'll try to discourage you. Anybody else, you know what I'm talking about this morning? Like you get discouraged. You begin to pray for healing in somebody's life, in, in your life, and it's like the doctor's report comes back and it's not good, it's bad. And you feel discouraged. You decide that you're gonna tithe. Well, I'll, tr- I'll trust God, I'm gonna tithe. And medical bills start rolling in. I'm just telling you, it's predictable. We shouldn't be surprised that he's gonna distract us, that he's gonna try to discourage us, and he will try to outright derail you. Temptations just begin to come out of the works. If he can't distract you or discourage you, he will begin to just tempt you to totally walk away. 
Why does he do that? Because he knows how powerful prayer is. He knows how powerful prayer is. And he knows that when we connect to God in prayer, the impossible is possible. So he'll try to derail you. And things that you were tempted by years ago, all of a sudden they just start coming in again. Like you quit that habit years ago and all of a sudden it's popping up in your face. You shouldn't be surprised. When you step out and start doing things for God and and practicing new rhythms in your life towards God, I'm telling you these things are gonna happen. But I'm thankful that at the same time we're gonna meet with God and there's gonna be divine appointments. We're gonna meet with God so you may find those times of distraction or, or discouragement or even you know, that temptation rolls in and you can be promised when you meet with God, he's gonna show up. He's gonna show up. He's gonna meet you. His presence is going to show up and change the atmosphere. You're gonna, you're gonna remember the promises of God. Those things that you've been hiding in your heart. I, I hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, God. And it's amazing in those times of prayer that God quickens your spirit back to the things that you have planted in your heart. You'll experience the promises of God and you'll have the power of God to overcome. God meets us and he gives us the strength and the power to overcome temptation. So we can expect predictable resistance and divine appointments. I think this is pretty cool. You guys following along? So distractions, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. God's going to show up. Discouragement, be reminded of the promises of God. Can I share a quick testimony with you? Is that all right? All right. I got this this week, super cool. This is from Maria Maria is at our Nacogdoches campus. Maria gave me permission to share this today. Thank you, Maria. She says, I tithe for the very first time in my life the first check of this month. Stepping out in faith, trusting God. I've always been hesitant to, uh, because I get sick a lot, and my biggest fear is that one day I will get severely sick and run out of funds. Fear, discouragement, distraction. Well, that's exactly what happened. I got COVID-19 about a week after I, had, I began tithing. And I was frustrated, I was sad, I began to cry. I had to get money out of savings to cover the bills. The amount that I tithed would have covered a good portion of the medical expenses I had to make, and I'm still recovering from that expense. Are you feeling like I stepped out in faith and I'm beginning to trust God, but there's discouragement that's happening. I had a conversation with God about my feelings. How many of you guys know it's okay to have a little bit of talk with Jesus sometimes? He's, he already knows what's going on up here and in here, so like you don't have to put on some mask with him. And so Maria was like, God, this isn't fair. Like I, I trusted you, right? I felt like I was severely let down. I remembered that he doesn't operate like that, so I apologized. My bad. <laughs> Sorry, God. I asked God to send me a sign to see if I should keep tithing because only he knows my future finances and future expenses. I asked for a small sign, a a little check, a $5 check. I would have been content with some random $5. Well, yesterday I received two letters in the mail explaining I'd overpaid on taxes and they sent us $3,400. I felt so bad for doubting him when his faithfulness has always come through and he's never failed me. 
I can hear it already. Oh, prosperity gospel teacher. I'm not preaching prosperity. I'm telling you, when we lean in and begin to trust God, we're going to have discouragement, and there's going to be doubt, and there's going to be times where Satan's going to try to derail us. But hang on. Trust God. Keep moving forward. God will show up. You can't outgive God. He's going to provide for you. Amen? And derailment, you've just got to take that moment and you've got to stand right there and say, God, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am more than a conqueror in Jesus' name. Amen? So you can begin to experience the power of God when Satan tries to derail you. And I'm telling you, your inner man is strengthened. That's why we're praying. 21 days of prayer can change everything for you. So where do we begin? What does this look like? Looks like circles and chairs. Pretty elementary. Circles and chairs. I remember elementary school, don't you? Oh, the naps. Mm. You little... I was walking through Walmart and I saw those red and blue little nap pads. You know what I'm talking about? And I had a moment with Jesus. Just thank you for naps. I also saw the big two-gallon container of animal crackers and I thought, oh, I love animal crackers. (laughs) Seems elementary, circles and chairs. I want you to take your notes real quick and draw a circle at the bottom of your notes. Those of you online, take a piece of paper, draw a circle. Draw a circle, draw a circle. Now, look at your neighbor and say, uh, man, that's a terrible circle. That doesn't look like a circle. Your circle is stupid. Oh, we don't say stupid. Sorry. Hey, uh, three of you guys, run up here real quick. Need three of you. Three of you. All four of you. Just all four of you. Come on up. Circles and chairs, this is last minute, they didn't know what I was going to do, this, come on up. Why do we draw circles, all four, that's fine, they move in packs. Why do, we, why do we draw circles? Circles are important, we circle important dates on the calendar, your anniversary, um, you circle like birthdays, um, sir, you ought to go ahead and do that. <laughs> Like circle those important, like we circle things that are most important to us. Why are circles so important? We're going to circle, for the next 21 days, we're going to circle people. We're going to circle problems and we're going to circle promises. Think about it just for a second. We circle up to pray. I want you guys to circle up. We circle up to pray. Hey, you guys come this way, come this way. I want you to be in the shop for Nacogdoches. We circle up to pray. You should as a family. You ought to circle up to pray. You ought to pray over the things that are happening in your family, right? We circle up to pray. My family circles up to pray. Uh, we also huddle up to form a plan. Go ahead and huddle up, guys. We're going to form a plan. We form a play. We huddle up to pray. But we also, when it comes time for prayer, we circle the wagons, and when somebody is wounded and somebody needs help and somebody needs for, uh, for the, the church family to lean in and intercede, we circle the wagons. Okay, now turn, turn around, face out. You're in the middle. We're going to hold hands. Come on. 
and we're going to circle up, and we're going to circle the wagons, and we're going to pray, and we're going to intercede, and this, this individual has an issue in their life, and we're not going to leave them for dead. We're going to pray. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. They're more than a conqueror. Guys, this is called intercession prayer, and we're going to pray for them. No, no enemy is going to come against you. The power of God is for you. Come on, give them a round of applause. What am I trying to illustrate? We circle up. We draw circles. We're gonna circle up and pray and we're gonna intercede for one another. For 21 days, we're gonna draw circles, but this is kind of a model by God. Uh, Psalms 139 says, you have encircled me behind and in front. Wasn't that a beautiful picture of how this is supposed to be? Like this is what God does for us. You encircled me behind and in front and placed your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high, I cannot comprehend it. Circles and chairs, we're also gonna find a place to pray. So for the next 21 days, you're gonna find a place to pray. You're gonna find a chair, maybe that's at the kitchen table like, like my chair. Maybe you have a chair in the living room, maybe that chair for you is in your truck on the way to work, but you're gonna find a place to pray. You're gonna set an appointment with God and you're not gonna miss it. I'm telling you, if you'll set an appointment with God, he will meet you there. Circles and chairs. So what is 21 days of prayer? It's corporate, it's calculated, it's conducive, it's critical. It's critical for where God wants us to go. What is the goal that I get all of that I want and all that I need? No, it's simply God get all of me. What can I expect? Predictable resistance and divine appointments. God's going to meet you. Where do we begin? We're drawing circles and we're finding a place to pray. Prayer is all about finding that time and that space to be alone with God. That's what prayer is all about. Miracles happen when we meet with God in prayer. And there was a man in the Bible, I want to close with this story this morning. It's sandwiched in between the feeding of the 4,000 and, and Peter's confession of Jesus, you are the son of the living God. And we find this small story in the book of Mark chapter 8. So they, the disciples and Jesus, have arrived in Bethsaida. They've been traveling around. He's been preaching, doing miracles. Some people brought a sightless man and begged Jesus to give him a healing touch. I love this small statement here because there were people to bring the sightless man to Jesus. Guys, can we commit as a church that we're going to bring people to Jesus like people that have, they don't have, the, they don't have the eyesight yet. They don't have the insight yet. And yet, we're going we're gonna to bring them to Jesus, even if it's just starting with prayer. They're bringing him to Jesus. And taking him by the hand, he led them out of the village. There's something important about getting out of your comfort zone. There's something important about getting away from what's normal. He put spit in the man's eyes. Well, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> if you went to the doctor, <laughs> doctor, I've got, 
I've got this, uh, this issue. Uh, I can't hardly see. And he said, give me just a second. <laughs> you know, it's a little unconventional. Spit in the man's eyes, laid hands on him and asked him, do you see anything? And the man's response was, I see men. They look like walking trees. This tells me that the man could see at some point. Like he had vision at some point in his life and something happened and he just, he just lost vision. Maybe you're here today and you can remember a time when you saw, when you had eyes of faith, when you trusted God and something has happened, circumstances, situations in life and you just can't see anymore. Something tells me that he could see before. So Jesus laid hands on his eyes again. The man looked hard and realized that he had recovered perfect sight. Saw everything in bright 2020 focus. Jesus sent him straight home telling him, don't enter the village. This story teaches us a couple of things about prayer. And I want to end with this today. Are you ready? Take your notes, write them down. Get alone with Jesus. He's constantly calling us, everybody, to step aside with him. Come pray. Come talk to me. Come share your issues and your problems and your challenges with me. I want to I hear you. Step aside with Jesus, and he put his hand out, and he led the man out of the village. And I believe it's symbolic for us, getting us out of what we've always done into something totally new. Sometimes God has got to shift things for us so that the supernatural can happen. Are you hearing me this morning? Sometimes he's got to move things to get you moving. You're experiencing some moving right now, and you're even angry at God for it. But God is just shifting the ground a little bit to get you to move so he can start working with you. Get alone with Jesus. Surrender your expectations. How many of you know you've got a prayer request and you know exactly how God ought to answer that prayer and how he ought to do it, right? In fact, Jesus, just let me, let me tell you how you ought to make this happen. We've got to surrender our expectations. And just simply say, God, I don't care how you move. I just want you to move. I don't care. I don't care what you want to do. I just want you. This man, I don't care what happens. I just want to see. And the point at which we get so desperate for God's presence, we'll surrender our expectations and say, Jesus, just do whatever you want to do in me. Isaiah 55 eight says, I don't think the way you think. And the way you work isn't the way I work. Surrender our expectations. Trust the process. Trust the process. You know, I, I thought about this scripture, and as I was reading it again, Jesus spit into the man's eyes, and he opened his eyes, and he didn't see clearly. And I, I thought for a second, did, did Jesus, like, oops for a minute? <laughs> You know, did he, like, do a half miracle? Was it just not enough power in the moment? And he was like, oh, sorry, I missed that one. Let me do that again. How many of you guys know that that's not how God works? He doesn't do it that way. 
There was something deeper happening here. And if you'll give me just a little bit of freedom, I'm just thinking about this man who, who opened his eyes and probably saw the way things used to be. And he could have in that moment said, well, it's better than I had. It's better than it used to be. And sometimes Jesus has to remind us of where we've gone to encourage us and inspire us to go where he wants us to go. And sometimes you need to let go of how things used to be and just trust God for how things ought to be and what he wants to do. Amen? Well, things were better back then. And we use language like, well, the good old days, you know. The good old days. And we even use it in the church. Well, I just wish things could get back to where they used to be. I don't. I just want God to move, and I don't care how he moves. But sometimes we have to go through the process, and it's a step at a time, and I believe that God was showing this man, this is how it used to be. And oh, by the way, this is what 2020 vision actually looks like. And so it touched him again, and really our, our prayer ought to be, God, I don't care, just do it again. Just do it again. I read it in the scriptures, just do it again. I don't care how you come, I just want you to come. Just do it again. So trust the process, and number four, simply obey. Simply obey. What is God asking us to do? What is God asking you to do? Simply obey. Don't go back. Don't turn back. Don't look back. Keep moving forward, taking next steps. Jesus told the man, don't go back to the village. Go straight home. And as God moves in our life, he may say, don't go back to that old way of thinking. Paul says in Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Don't go back to the old way of thinking. Don't go back to those old relationships. Don't go back to those old things. Just do what I want you to do and move in the direction that I'm moving you. Simply obey. Rodney Gypsy Smith was an incredible evangelist back in the late 1800s. Traveled from the UK to the United States multiple times. Incredible, like, response. People were showing up by the thousands and giving their lives to Jesus. And many miraculous things were happening during that time. And there were some guys that came up to uh, Rodney Smith and said, Rodney, you've got to tell us, what is the secret sauce, man? Tell us, why is God moving the way he's moving in your life? Like, what is it that you're doing that we ought to be doing? Because we want to see miracles in our own lives. We want to see revival in our own churches. We want to see revival happen. And this is what Rodney Gypsy Smith told them, and I want to encourage you and inspire you with this point right here. Go home. Lock yourself in your room. Kneel down in the middle of the floor, and with a piece of chalk, draw a circle. Draw a circle around yourself. There on your knees, pray fervently and brokenly that God would start revival within that chalk circle. We're going we're gonna to circle up and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for people. We're going to pray over the problems. We're going to declare promises of God. But I want it to all begin right here. Draw a circle, step in the middle of it and say, I want revival to happen in our world and in our nation, but God, let it happen with everything in this circle right here. God, let it start with me. Would you bow your heads this morning?
it begins right here. If you've never invited Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life, if you've never stepped off of the throne of your heart and say, God, I've been doing it my way this whole time, do it your way, God. Have your way in me. And maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, you would say, that's me, Pastor Dan. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender to him. And I want to begin these 21 days of prayer right where I need to be, right in the center of who God wants me to be. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. On the count of three, I want your hands to go up. And we're going to pray for you this morning. One, two, three, hands up all over the place. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Begin, God, with me. I want to surrender my life right now to you. Jesus, have your way in me. Before you change my spouse, change me. Before you change my circumstances at work, change me. Before you change things in my city, in my town, in my community, God, change me. And you may pray this simple prayer that says, Jesus, I believe that you came and you lived a sinless life. You died a sinner's death on the cross and you were buried in a borrowed tomb. And three days later, you were resurrected from the dead. And because you live, I have faith that I can live too. And I declare today that the old is gone and the new has come. I've surrendered my life to Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior. And from this point on, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to allow him to lead me and guide me and take the next steps towards him. And you're going to transform me from the inside out. Now, you're here this morning. You've got people that you're praying for. Hands up all over the place. Come on. You've got problems, circumstances you need God to move in. You've got situations. You've got promises that you are standing on right now saying, God, I believe you to do what only you can do. If that's you this morning, come on. All over the place. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to end this morning with this song, with this prayer. God, you're the way maker. God, you can do it, and we trust you to do it. When it seems like there's no way, God, you make a way, and we trust you. For the next 21 days, we're going to believe you, God, to do the miraculous, and we're going to be sure to give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Team, lead us. Let's go.